0: There's a level of control that occurs in relatively few marriages that we would see as part of an abusive power and control dynamic, but then there's a lower level of control that doesn't come from an abusive spouse, but can still be frustrating and lead to conflict in the marriage. Today, we want to talk about this latter form of control and what might be at the root of it so you can work together as a couple to
1: find better ways of navigating
0: life and making decisions.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oif.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gandell from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for smart people. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an interesting episode for you this week. This is episode number 279, and today we're going to be talking about control issues in marriage.
2: Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed specific abusive behaviors in detail, emotionally abusive. So that's worth going back and checking out if you're thinking you're experiencing that. Also do make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us.
0: If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice and most of all, we offer hope. So Caleb, Yes, ma'am. control issues.
2: Yes, as you mentioned in the opening, it's not abusive control that we're looking at in this Mm -hmm. show today that kind of control, the abusive kind, has a distinct feel of domination, of power over, of forced submission, making the victim feel less than in the marriage or less than as a human even. Okay. We've talked about abuse in other episodes in our last episode, so we won't elaborate further. But what we're discussing in this show is what people might call the annoying kind of controlling.
0: Okay. Like just day to day. Why do you have
2: to control that?
0: Mm Okay. It's
2: not about power and dominance as much as it's just about the controlling spouse's worry, fear, anxiety, maybe even mental health driving this behavior. And sometimes even the non-controlling spouse themselves may act in ways that prompt this sort of behavior. So you might be contributing to it if you think you're listening to this to try to figure out your spouse. Like, huh? What might be your role?
0: Okay. So where do these control issues come from? Like, why do we have control issues? Like, I'll put up my hand here first. Yes, I have control issues.
2: I would say the first place you want to kind of root around in to look for a source is fear. Okay. If, if you're afraid and you want to make it safer, you're going to control the variables. right? Every human being. See,
0: that's totally normal though.
2: It's very common. It's very common, but I don't know if it makes it normal.
0: (laughs) I think (laughs) Okay.
2: Okay, so so, fear. So fear. Now just think about that coming from a number of different possible sources, right? So let's go to a big one like trauma. Trauma is what you get when something very frightening or overwhelming happens,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and your everything is out of control for okay. moments or days or something like that. Yeah. So, say for example, you th- you were involved in a late night car accident, mm-hmm. right? And so now you control all the family travel so that there's no late night travel going on. Everybody's home before dark or 11 oh, p.m. or whatever. Okay. Happened, yes. Right? Yes. So now you've become quote unquote controlling. You've installed requirements or demands on others in order to. To preserve your sense of safety and well-being, and, or to stop the horror okay. from repeating itself.
0: So the control is in response to that trauma, so that never happens again. Yeah. Okay.
2: Which is based on a, an experience of intense fear.
0: Mm-hmm, for right? sure, yep. yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: So so that some kinds of controlling behaviors... Uh, like what we would call normal, or maybe we should use the word common. I think <laughs> controlling behaviors can come from trauma. Yeah. Now another spot is abandonment. If you were left alone as a child, or left alone at a point in your marriage, or something like that, mm-hmm. where you felt very alone, that may result in the kind of controlling of like where you then don't let your spouse do things on their own, or don't do certain things on their own. You always have to be there, or always together. Okay. Because of that abandonment experience that you had. Another one is betrayal. Now, betrayal can be like trauma or can cause trauma as well, but it may lead to controlling relationship with certain kinds of people in order to prevent re-betrayal. So let's say you were in your first marriage, you were absolutely betrayed by your spouse uh, sexually, and so in your second marriage, you may marry a very, very faithful person, but you exert control on them mm-hmm.
0: to make sure that that
2: previous betrayal doesn't reoccur. Yeah, much to the frustration of your your current spouse. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Now that can get really tricky because it can cause such distress in your marriage that there's an emotional separation, there's drifting apart that occurs between you.
0: Oh, okay, and it can
2: almost become self-fulfilling. Not that I'm saying it would ever give a Person licensed to do this.
0: Oh.
2: But this is where like controlling behavior can lead to further dysfunction, right?
0: Right. Because you, I guess, but like I can just see why they would do it because Mm -hmm. this has happened in the past. So Mm -hmm. you want to control the situation. Mm
2: -hmm. Or maybe you're a late teenager, like an older teenager, and you saw your dad gamble away your family's savings and eventually basically lost the home and the job and all this other stuff, right? So there's a major financial betrayal.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And now, like, you know, as a mom, you might think you're kind of a super budgeter, but there's actually a ton of control over where every penny goes.
0: Okay, I can see that, but, but there's nothing wrong with budgeting,
2: though. No. Okay, everybody, Verlinda's the budgeter, and I'm the spender in yes. the family. <laughs> yes. so I'm not. I agree with you.
0: And my dad didn't gamble away the no, whole thing. No, true. That's fictional, but. Like, okay, I, I can see that. But this that. is like,
2: imagine, so imagine the husband in this relationship and he's like, he's getting dragged over the coast because he dropped a buck 50 on a chocolate bar and she can't handle it. And mm. he's like, can I not even buy a chocolate bar without asking your permission?
0: Oh, okay. Like
2: you budget, but I know that I can get You a can see bar
0: the budget. And-,
2: and make my decisions, Yeah, right? yeah. So again, so this is a higher level of control than just a healthy budgeting Okay. Habit. And maybe one spouse needing to learn to get better at that (laughs)
0: has, maybe,
2: as may or may not have happened in our marriage. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So another source of control. So we've touched on trauma, abandonment, betrayal, very much related to fear, but going in a, in a different direction now, stepping away from so that common root of fear,
0: mm-hmm.
2: mental health. Take a personality disorder like borderline personality disorder. So this is a person, this kind of actually ties back to the abandonment. So I guess this would have some fear in it. But if you leave, I will hurt myself mm. or I might not be okay somehow. So... This is kind of the clinging form of control now. Or that's not very common. There's not a lot of people that suffer from that personality disorder. A much more common one would be anxiety of various forms, like a generalized anxiety disorder, or a social phobia, like we can't go out or we go there and then I make you turn around and take me home. Okay. Those may manifest as a need to control or limit behaviors or activities with others because it's an I can't handle the anxiety. I need to control us to reduce the symptoms that I'm experiencing. It's too much for me. Or we need to Leave early all of the time. Okay. And it's like, why are you always controlling the time that we have to leave? Like, can't we just stay and have a good time? That's what the other spouse might be saying, right? Okay. Uh, symptoms of OCD, or even like a, this is not a formally like in a in the DSM kind of thing, but relational OCD is is a fairly well I'm going to say well documented by anecdotally well okay. documented. Yeah, we have an article on that on our site as well. But that's where there's an obsession over the quality that of the bond between you guys. Like one person is always really checking up on how things are going. Maybe I'm sort of really c- controlling all the stuff we're doing together to make sure we're okay. Things okay. are going well. We're having conversations, and it's like, can we not just be together? Like, okay, yeah. So, those are those, these are th- experiences of control in the marriage that are born out of one person's struggles with mental Mental health. health. This is an interesting one, Verlinda. Perfectionism can be a source of control issues. So that's the need to do things right or to be seen as doing things right, as having that ideal marriage or that ideal family because a person's carrying a deep, often unacknowledged sense of shame. And so they need to appear really well before others. Okay. And so there's a lot of control about how we appear in public and when we're there and what we behave like in public and all these other things.
0: I mean, everybody wants their kids to behave in public though. Yeah. Yes, we do. I mean, we want them to behave at home too.
2: Yes. Perfectionism can drive control issues.
0: Yep. Low
2: self-esteem. One study reported that 35% of controlling people believe that they're nobody, that they have no value unless they're in a relationship. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So this is now drawing a lot of value from being in a marriage to try to shore up my self-esteem that I'm a wanted, lovable person. Mm-hmm. could be underneath that like a fear of being useless without my spouse, a fear that my spouse will reject me if, if I really show who I am. So there can be uh, controlling behaviors that come out of that. There can be the belief that nobody else will love me, so I will do anything to keep you.
0: Okay. Yeah, I do need to
2: can I do the bonus guide while you're doing that or you need to stop for a yeah no it's just a second need to keep you so maybe I'll just jump in here Verlinda once again we have created a bonus guide for our much appreciated supporters this one gives you a step-by-step conversation template to talk through what is happening around these control issues without getting into deeper conflict so you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People it really is just a, a discussion guide niched around this whole issue of control and we'll take a short 60 second break here to tell you about our Patreon program
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support.
2: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about uh, several sources of control issues, mm-hmm. uh, self-esteem being one of them, low self-esteem as one possibility. Now, another one that's interesting is insecurity in the relationship. Now, you might feel insecure in the relationship, so you need to control what you guys are doing and how you're doing it and who you're with. You okay. push away any uh, potential threatening alternatives to yourself. Okay, But that might also be to s- due to spousal bad behavior. Like if your husband flirts with certain kinds of women and you don't want to be around those kinds of women as a result mm-hmm. and he thinks you're controlling, well, he actually needs to face up Oh, what's it's going his on for behavior. Him. Yes. Yes. So that's one of the examples where your spouse might be controlling things because you can't reliably demonstrate the security of your marriage bond to her. Okay. Yeah, but... of controlling people indicated, again in the study, that they cling to their marriage or their relationship as though their life depended upon it. And so they can have like this deep concern about not being loved enough or feeling that they love you more than you love them. Okay. And so they don't feel like it's being reciprocated. They could be uh, like a lot of them might worry about being dumped, about being left by you so much so that their fear keeps them up at night. And so that might result in really controlling a lot of the things that you do together or making sure that it's just you guys together all the time because they're trying to shore up this uncertainty that they're carrying around, this insecurity that they're feeling. So insecurity can drive control issues. Wow. Yeah.
0: That would be really hard to be at that point where you're not secure enough in your marriage that you can even sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Like that's a high percentage. What did you say it was?
2: It's a high percentage of controlling people, 53%. Oh, so
0: it's not 54% that, percent of people. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, of
2: people that would be called controlling. Okay. So it's just saying, like, if you're listening to this and your spouse is saying you're kind of controlling and you're like, you know what, I do stay up at night worried about our marriage. You know, that might be something to explore with a therapist. So it may be like an attachment issue. Maybe you had a parent that was unreliably available. Mm-hmm. And and you had to work hard to feel some sense of connection, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And now your spouse might be a reliably available person, but you can't rest on that because of that template that was formed in you early on in your life.
0: Right. So how does this how does this go hand in hand somehow or fit in with, you know, go with your gut if you feel that your husband, you know, is cheating on you or something. We tell women to trust their gut. Yes, yeah, yeah. And now, you know, if we're staying up at night and we can't sleep because we yeah. have fears about the relationship. Okay. Is that my gut?
2: You have to, I would say you have to look at the evidence around the source of your fear. So is it, often people in this place that I'm talking about will mm-hmm. kind of pause and realize you know in their head they could tell you in a calm moment my husband has really never done anything that would cause me to doubt him hmm. like when i really stop and look at the evidence i realize it's okay but i still have this gnawing fear okay so then you want to look for evidence in terms of your family of origin probably is where you're going to find stuff
0: okay so if there's a
2: ton of evidence in your family of origin and very little in your husband's life then yeah your gut is sending the warning signal but it's sending the warning signal based on a past template right that because of
0: the wrong system. yeah
2: that yeah. you need to heal from right Now, if there's evidence in your husband's behavior, Mm -hmm. like clear ongoing evidence, and you grew up in a family where your parents were reliably there for you, then yeah, trust your gut for that evidence, right? That there's so you, something happening now that's concerning.
0: So you can go with your gut, but it has to be notice, your gut on evidence.
2: Yeah, notice where the evidence, like what's what's providing, what's the source of the data, if I could put it that way, for why your gut is saying something is wrong here? Uh,
0: okay. Is it, is it okay. the present
2: or is it the past?
0: Okay, Yeah. interesting, yeah.
2: No, good question, baby. Another possible source of why people might be controlling is just having unhealthy ideas of love or what an ideal spouse or an ideal marriage marriage looks like and hmm. and interestingly enough in this like almost half of controlling people find themselves drawn to romantic partners who have serious personal relationship or psychological issues and so ask yourself about the person you're drawn to or you've been married to now, that did you come to that to try to fix their problems or out of some belief that they would be lost without you? And this is where the word codependency comes up sometimes. Whether you like that model or, or not, it's fallen into some disfavor in the counseling community, but, but maybe it's healthy to look at it or help, more helpful to look at it from the idea of, I, you know, I draw worth from supporting or improving or caretaking my spouse. And that means I really have to control them because they're a very broken person and they need a lot of this help. And when I help them, I feel really good about who I am, about my ability to influence this world and make it a better place. And I'm needed and valuable. Wow. So you see how control gets wrapped up into that too, right? And, And then it's really hard for a person to make a shift from that towards like, I have to let my spouse take ownership for their... Right. Especially if... You know, now they're you step back, and then their junk makes life harder for you. Mm-hmm. It's like what is legitimately in your control that you should be taking care of, and what is something that your spouse needs to be left to take care of and experience consequences for. Oh,
0: that's, so that's hard like, to find that line.
2: Yeah, but it can bring a great deal of freedom when you really walk through that carefully and thoughtfully. Okay. To freedom for you from having to control. Right.
0: That would take a lot of energy.
2: That's, and I think that's a good point for Linda. Is that for? People that are exerting controlling behaviors, they probably want to break free of it, too. Like, it's tiring
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to
2: try to control all these variables to manage your anxiety. It's hard. It
0: really is. Okay.
2: Okay, so there's a lot of different possible sources, right? Yeah. I think we've established that.
0: Or sometimes something happens and that's so out of your control that you try and control what you have left to control. Yes, Yeah,
2: I often say, like, and this is more like when I was in the business world, but had my psychology training that, like, when I saw controlling people like micromanaging in business or that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they were externally controlling often because internally they felt very out of control or they'd had a part of their lives that was very out of control previously. So now they really felt the need to control all the details.
0: So do you think that someone can be controlling just because someone in their family of origin was controlling or like it's just a learned learned behavior? behavior?
2: That's another possibility. Yeah. We haven't exhausted the list here.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I've just provided a lot of reasons. Yeah. But I think we should go to like, how do you support your spouse if they're controlling yeah. yes, in a helpful way? Or, you know, if I realize I'm a controlling person, I need to dial that down a bit. Mm hmm. If there's a mental health issue I'm starting there, you know, seek a proper diagnosis and treatment. And it can take some time to face that challenge of figuring out what the issue is of pursuing psychiatric treatment, of what that means
0: mm-hmm. for you to mm-hmm.
2: acknowledge that there's a mental health disorder there. And that requires a lot of support from your spouse, a lot of compassion as they go through that. And yeah, care.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Thoughtfulness. I think also too, like a lot of times when if you notice that your spouse is like more in the moment, kind of like starting to exert some controlling behavior, look, try and look for the fear. I think that's a great thing to note and to really speak to that, to reassure the fear, stay present and help your spouse to stay present. Like, are you afraid of losing me here? Are you afraid that I might give more attention to these other people than you? I want you to know I'm going to be working. I'm aware of this. I'm going to work really hard tonight to make sure that you know that our marriage is secure. I'm here for you. my main point of interest.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: we're going to go through this together. So just really kind of reassuring, keeping it very much in the present, uh, verbalizing your commitment to the marriage, to loving your spouse, to your spouse knowing that they are held emotionally in okay. high value by you, right? So just really making the commitment more explicit than you might have otherwise thought you would need to.
0: So, and this is, this will be teaching them, even if you don't come out and verbalize it, like, it's okay. Like, I see the fear is here, but you don't need to control everything surrounding you it. Yeah. Because I'm still here. We're gonna go through this together. Yeah. And all that reassurance should decrease the amount of control that's needed.
2: Yes. So if you can communicate and provide some of the safety, then they may not need to try to establish that as much for themselves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It can be one way to help with that. Okay. Sometimes this can come back to to like power struggles for Linda. Like and there may be a point at which you want to sort of be firm but kind as well so I'm going to kind of leave this like I would urge spouses to try the more compassionate approach that we've just suggested first and working with that for a while Okay. but there may be other times too where you need to articulate your understanding of what's appropriate in a given situation and what you have decided to do like I have to go into I have to have this business meeting for example
0: mm-hmm.
2: even though yeah there's going to be women in the room I have to do this or I'm going to lose my job okay. Right. so what do you need to know this is assuming there's been no betrayal it's just we're dealing with an Insecurity or a fear of some sort. Yeah. So, what do you need in order to feel, you know, reassured? Like I can check in with you before and after, so you're collaborating on that part. But there is setting a little bit of a boundary around.
0: Like I'm still gonna. This do is this. a
2: normal behavior. I'm a loyal spouse, and I have to do this. Okay. Yeah. You want to try to avoid reverse controlling your spouse's behavior and thoughts. So focus on your own actions. But you want to act in the interest of the marriage bond as well, not just self-interest. So I'm going to do my job whether you like it or not. Is not how you want to approach this. It's more we like, I'm going to take care of our marriage and I have to do what's required for my work. So how okay. can we figure this out together? Okay. So it's not just self-interest, it's marriage interest that's motivating this discussion. Okay. And sometimes, yeah, you'll need to exercise your own power to choose what you will do. And then you have to leave your spouse to decide what they will do. Like, how are you going to take care of yourself while I do this too?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Can you, do you have an example there or something? Like,
2: well, again, I'm just, so I'm thinking of an example where, where perhaps like you, you're supposed to go out to dinner, someone's anxiety, the spouse's anxiety kicks in. Mm -hmm. And it's 30 minutes beforehand, you know, this is a, these are people that have maybe put a lot of effort into making this dinner. And and your spouse is like, our family is not going, we're staying. You know and it's like okay well I'm I want you to know that I love you I'm here for you these people have put a lot of effort to this I'm going to go out for dinner and what would you like me to tell them about why you're not coming I don't want to throw you under the bus here okay but okay. this is what we're doing I have to do this right okay is that fair what do you think
0: yeah I, like I
2: sometimes you can concede and then just kind of work through the issue later but other times you know you have to keep you have to do what you've committed to do otherwise and so how can you kind of preserve the integrity of your marriage yeah while not allowing allowing this to become the defining feature of your relationship
0: the anxiety and control yeah yeah yeah
2: that's tough to navigate it's hard to figure that out sometimes
0: yeah for sure
2: yeah you want to definitely sort of choose and uh, carefully what where you're going to exercise your own power to choose what you do but sometimes you do need to set to just uh i don't know what push uh no it's not the right word compassionately step out of the power struggle and challenge your spouse to face their fears too right yeah
0: rather than just without hurting them them along too.
2: Yeah, without enabling, but without Mm -hmm. hurting them either. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, those are some interesting thoughts. Yeah. Good. So thank you to Peter and Kevin who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all our patron supports. We couldn't do this without you. Caleb, next week?
2: Next week, we are talking about, not next week, next episode. Next episode, episode, sorry. We're talking about the five fundamentals of good marriage communication. It's kind of a back to basics one. Should be fun.
0: Yeah, should be good. All right. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening listening. You can get the full show notes at oyflink slash 279. Find out how you can help go to oyf.support.
1: Thanks, and we'll see you next episode. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.